Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, and these are stories, true as we can tell them. In the Hi, everyone. Welcome to this mini episode of Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg. We are doing this mini episode because we have a special show coming up here in Montreal on October 24th at 8 p.m. at Centre Fee. That's Confabulation and the Montreal Intercultural Storytelling Festival presents Hair. I've had a lot of people asking what a hair story is, so Deb and I found an excellent example of a hair story. This is from January 2019 at the Centaur Theatre, uh, where the theme was Rites of Passage. This is a story from Manoush Valipur. In the spring of 1981, the Islamic regime in Iran made it mandatory for women and all girls of age to wear the hijab. The Quran says that the hijab is a sign of a woman's modesty and purity, they said. The hijab protects women from the impure gaze of men, they said. It's the new law, they said. 18 months before, millions of Iranians from all backgrounds and wakes of life, including many, many women, had poured onto the streets, protested against the Shah, and overthrown the monarchy that had endured for 2,500 years. But a few short months after the revolution, the protesters realized that the Islamic Republic was not the utopia they had hoped for. The leader of the revolution, Khomeini and his supporters, rewrote the constitution, dismantled many modern and progressive aspects of Iranian life, and moved to implement Islamic laws. The changes most affected Iranian women as they one by one lost their civil and social rights. Making the hijab mandatory was like a final slap in the face. On the day that my stylish mom finally gives in and decides it's not safe to leave home without covering up, my dad, sister, and I watch her transformation in silence. Instead of her usual uh, fashionable, stylish outfits, my mom wears a frumpy long dress that she has made herself that hides her curves. She puts on thick, dark stockings in the summer heat to cover up her legs and wipes off her nail polish. She finishes her new look with a headscarf. Before leaving home, she gives my sister and me each a headscarf and says apologetically, you may be able to get away without wearing these, but it doesn't hurt to take them with us, huh? just in case. Technically, my sister and I are both of age. I'm 11, she's nine. By the following year, none of us dare appear in public without the headscarf. I live with this deep, constant fear of not complying with the new dress code, of my hair showing, of being arrested by the morality police. 
the dark hijabs that women and girls wear turn us into this uniformly shapeless, colorless mass. But in private, things are different. When we take off our headscarves and baggy uniforms, we reveal our fashionable, colorful clothes underneath and the latest hairstyles that we show off. Well, most people, but not me. Because you see, during all this social and political upheav upheaval happening around me, I'm going through my own personal metamorphosis. The silky, shiny, very straight hair of my childhood is gone, replaced by frizzy, tight, unmoving curls. This is happening during my prepubescent years, exactly when looks start to matter, exactly when I need to look cool. My friends and I can't get enough of watching the contraband music videos of the early 1980s that smugglers get into the country, who knows how. We watch and sing with Olivia Newton-John and Bonnie Tyler. Their golden strands are short in the front and the sides and longer in the back. Overnight, all my friends get mullets. But I look nothing like them. I'm struggling with my curls that are becoming tighter and harder to shape and tame. My hair is bulky like a pillow and it's coarse like a scrubbing sponge. All I can do with it is just sweep it away from my forehead and upwards and around the sides. I want a mullet, but all I get is a round helmet. I look far from cool. The following year, Michael Jackson's thriller takes over the world. Michael's naturally kinky, frizzy uh, curls look glossy and loose. That's cool, I think. I can do that. But I have no idea how to get Michael's look. In the closed off Islamic Republic, the options for hair products are very limited. <laughs> I don't know anything about hair cream, gel, or mousse, nor does my mom. Her naturally beautiful hair that got her offers to do shampoo commercials when she was younger only needed a good hairbrush, a few curlers, and some hairspray to look perfect in the 1960s and 70s. She has no idea how to help me with my curls, so she gives me the advice that works for her and most other women brush your hair. But my hair is a different beast and brushing does not work. I do it, however, diligently and bitterly as my mom watches on with heartbreak because brushing undoes my curls, turns it into a messy, frizzy blob of hair, everything sticking up in the air. Now I have a startled afro. <laughs> There's not much I can do about this. I don't look like the king of pop at all. Instead, I look like Don King, the boxing promoter. <laughs> I want to disappear. Ironically though, on really bad hair days, I'm kind of thankful for the hijab because it covers up my hair and makes life a little bit easier. By the mid-1980s, most girls have the big hair with the bouncy curls. 
they shape their bangs into these mounds that defiantly sneak out of the front of their hijabs. But my hair doesn't bounce. My hair breaks combs and hairbrushes. And the little tiny bit of it that sometimes just sneaks out of the front of my hijab is so tight and entangled that on windy days, I kid you not, it entraps tiny bugs and dry leaves. <laughs> sometimes my curls behave. And I have a cool hair day. But then, just before leaving home, I put on the scarf and all my hair gets flattened and crushed. I try all sorts of tricks. Uh, a friend brushes, uh, um, air, uh, uh, blow dries my hair straight, but it takes more than two hours and doesn't last beyond the next shower. I cut my hair really short, but I look like a boy. I try chemical relaxing, but it does a lot of damage to my already dry hair and leaves it limp and lifeless. Nothing works. I finally give up on looking cool. The hair situation improves a little bit in my 20s. I learned that women in places like India use coconut oil in their hair, so I immediately convert. Mind you, on most days, it leaves me smelling like a tropical dessert, <laughs> but it provides much-needed moisture that subdues my frizz. In the meantime, I also stop brushing my hair, and I grow it a little bit longer, shoulder length. A simple ponytail works, both with or without the hijab. I massage in the, the oil after washing my hair, I rearrange my curls with my fingers and let them air dry into their natural tape, uh, shape. Um, I can't really change my hairstyle often like most other women do, but I leave things as they are and I stick to the basics that work. I may not be totally cool, but I look and I feel okay. The year I turned 30, I moved to Canada. Strangely, after all these years of living away from Iran, there are moments when the old fear just grips me in the middle of the street. My hand checks my head. Oh no, I left home without my scarf. But then I realize in the same moment that my hair and I are free. My hair is now exposed to the elements. I experiment with all sorts of hair products that are available everywhere. I find hairdressers that know what to do with curly hair. For a while, I liberate my afro and I let it grow. And recently, I take a little risk and I let my hairdresser try the style that he calls, with a flourish, his deconstructed style. A little bit shorter on one side, longer on the other. Like before, I don't look like most other women, but I'm fine with that. I feel comfortable with who I am and how I look. And now another change is happening. My hair is turning gray. Uh, I was still in my 30s when I discovered the first intruders in the mirror. <laughs> I'm too young, I thought. It was unsettling. But now I think of these big gray swirls over my temples as my wisdom highlights. I like it. It's kind of distinguished, and I think finally 
that it's cool. Thank you. Thank you, Manoush. Confabulation and the Montreal Intercultural Storytelling Festival presents Hair is October 24th at 8 p.m. at Centrophie in Montreal. Uh, Hair is going to be our second co-production with the Montreal Intercultural Storytelling Festival, so I hope you'll come check it out. And if you have a story you'd like to share about hair, the lack thereof, or whatever cultural experiences you associate with that stuff on your head, uh, you can submit it to us at confabulation.ca slash story. Thanks so much for listening to Confabulation. We're a nonprofit dedicated to the art of true life storytelling. We run monthly autobiographical storytelling shows in Montreal, Toronto, and Victoria. You can learn more about the show and sign up for our mailing list at confabulation.ca or check us out on social media where we're at Confab Stories. Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by our team, Cassandra Tugneri, Carolyn Michaels, Pat McTaggart, Dev Van Slet, Stephen Trepanier, and me, Matt Goldberg. Special thanks to the Conseil des Arts de Montréal for their support of Confabulation. We couldn't do it without you.